Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Goodbye baseball, a walk-off winner for Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line drive, this game is over! Goodbye baseball, Mitch Hattiger ties it up here in the bottom of the ninth inning. James Paxton has just thrown a no-hitter. The big lefty is getting mobbed out of the Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Well, here we go. One day away from September starting, the sprints is here, and the Mariners, they start this critical, critical four-game series against the A's on the right foot as they beat Oakland last night in game one of this four-game series, 7-1 to one, the final score. We'll go through the highlights and all the reaction coming up in just a minute or so. By the time we talk again on Monday, there are a lot of things that could have taken place by then. The Mariners now, with the win last night, four and a half back of the A's for the second wild card. Three games left against Oakland. They can get three games closer. They can lose three games, anything in between. So... A lot of different scenarios on the table before we talk again. This is going to be a critical, a crucial weekend as the Mariners tangle with the A's for three more. Of another series with Oakland coming up. It's a big, big series for both ball clubs. The Oakland A's have the Yankees coming up next as well at home. So. Their homestand does not get any easier after this one. But a big win for the Mariners last night, and it was great to see the M's jumping on the A's in the very first inning. It was Ryan Healy not in the original starting lineup. Gene Segura, a late scratch, and Healy coming up big with a huge base hit that got the thing going in the first inning and led to a big first inning. The stretch and 23rd pitch on the way. Swing and a line drive. Base hit left field. Cano will score from third. Cruz to third. He'll be stopped there. Up with the ball is Canna. The throw to the plate. Cut off by Chapman, the third baseman. And with two outs, Ryan Healy comes through in the clutch with a line drive single to left, scoring Robbie Cano. The Mariners have a one to nothing lead here in the top of the first, and they still have the bases loaded. And then the shocker in the first inning. Matt Chapman, who is not only the favorite to win the gold glove at third base, the clear favorite, 
He could win the Platinum Glove. He could be the best defender at any position in the American League this year. That's the kind of season he is having. Two down, two in, and the pitch. Swing and a ground ball to third. Up of the ball is Chapman. The toss across the first low, and it gets on by Matt Olson. One run will score Seager. Here comes Healy down the line. Healy will score. Long run for Olson to go retrieve that baseball. So two more runs are in on a throwing air by Matt Chapman at third base. He had plenty of time to make the throw. Seager and Healy score on the play. Gamble winds up on at third base. Zunino winds up on at second. And the Mariners have a 4-0 lead. Holy smokes. 4-0 at that point. The Mariners would put five on in the first. They played a little add-on along the way. Here's Mitch Hanniger. Hanniger with a swing and a fly ball deep to left field. Canna going back looking up. Goodbye baseball onto the stairway in straightaway left field. Mitch Hanniger with his 23rd home run of the season. Straightaway left and the Mariners now lead the A's. Seven to nothing here in the top of the fourth inning. RBI number 84 for Hanniger. Holy smokes, what a year for this kid. Couldn't have drawn up a better start to this series for the Mariners as they take game one, seven to one, the final score. Wade LeBlanc was outstanding, gave the Mariners seven innings, did not give up a run in that span. He was outstanding. Mitch Hanniger, two more hits, two for five, had that home run. Cano had two hits as well, including, I thought that was, was pretty cool. He had a double in this game to pass Ted Williams on the all-time doubles list, and he did it on what would have been Ted Williams' 100th birthday. So Cano, a couple of hits, two hits for Gordon, two hits for Healy, nine hits in all, the bullpen gets the last couple of innings, but LeBlanc, seven innings, three hits, no runs, three walks, four strikeouts, Mariners win 7 to 1. Now 75 and 59. The A's 80 and 55. Here's Scott's service after the ball game. Well, Skip, how satisfying of a win is that for you guys after the struggles in San Diego? Yeah, it's nice to, to hopefully put that San Diego uh, two day stint behind us. But, uh, the first inning we came out really good at bats. Uh, you know, we took a few walks. We got a couple big hits. You know, we took advantage of a mistake on, on their end. And, you know, to put up a, a big crooked number like that was huge. And then, you know, Wade LeBlanc was really good, you know, uh, getting deep in the ball game. But, you know, he just kept him off balance, located his pitch as well. Uh, it was a good ball game, certainly a good way to start the series. For LeBlanc to come out, I know he had a little bit of a stumble a couple of starts ago. You haven't been this deep in the season with him as a starter. What's he showing right now? Well, you know, we were able to give him a little, a few extra days off but before the last start, and I think he, he really responded well to that. Um, you know, it was really good tonight. I uh, got the curveball going in the second time around, but changeup was very effective. Um, got a lot of soft outs in the air, you know, which was key. He's kind of taking the sting out of their bat, you know, keeping them off stride or with the off-speed stuff, and it was very effective tonight. So, uh, like I said, good way to start the series. Good way to start the game. Obviously, you mentioned the five runs in the first. What would that do maybe for the guys to settle down and get the confidence back maybe a little bit? Well, it all starts with Mitch Hanniger at the top of our lineup. You know, gets down to the count of 2 smokes the ball in the right field. You know, Robbie comes up behind that, you know, big double down the corner. Doesn't look like we're going to score or get get much out of that inning, but we did. We we hung in there. Uh, You know, like I said, the the walks. You know, Sieg didn't chase a 3-2 pitch. Ben Gamble didn't chase a 3-2 pitch. Really good to see. You know, we haven't done a lot of that. 
you know, guys up there maybe trying to do too much or trying to get the big hit instead of letting the game come to them. Uh, they try to go get it. Tonight we let it come to us, and we got good results. So Healy with the single there in that first, you got that big one. Big, big hit, yeah. You know, Ryan was a late addition to, to the lineup tonight, uh, you know, with Segura coming out. And, uh, he's ready to play. He, he likes playing here. Obviously, he's used to playing here and against his guys, his old buddies over there. So good night by him as well. Hanniger in the home run as well. 40 hits now in August. What a month for that. Right? He's really been, been outstanding. You know, it's kind of like it rejuvenated his, his season again when we put him in that leadoff spot. And it's been great to see. You know, he's a real threat at the top of the lineup. And the quality of that battle every night is really consistent. And it's been great for him. Scott, you obviously can't make up you know, five and a half games in one night, but you did take the opener of this series. Just talk about the course, you guys, as you've mentioned, the importance of uh, maybe taking the first game of this four-game set. Yep, tomorrow's a good game, big game too. So, uh, you know, looking forward to getting out here. Uh, again, we struggled a little bit the last few days, and the only way to get that behind you is to go out and play a good ball game tonight, and that's what we did. They've been playing such good defense over there on the other side. Give you a, give they, they really have. they got a good ball club. Uh, but, you know, you got to take advantage of the mistakes. There are many times this year we haven't. Tonight we did. You know, we followed it up with good at-bats and kept, you know, keep the line moving and put up a big number, which we needed to do. When, he, when Nelson hit that rocket comeback and he makes the impossible play, do you think yourself, here we go again? I mean, just no, not really. You know, I think our, our guys, you know, coming into the, the game today, you know, we, we know where we're at. We didn't play really good the last couple of days. And it, it's baseball. It does turn. Uh, you know, wasn't a great feeling. I'll, I'll admit that, you know, but... Uh, guys kept grinding. Um, it was good to see. You know, we get the five in the first. But, you know, we add on and run after that with Denard's triple and then, you know, Hanny's uh, home run. So, again, got a lot of baseball yet to go. Uh, should be a good weekend. So there it is, Scott Service. Tonight, another big one. Mike Leak will take the mound for the M's, who's been – he's been great since May 22nd. This is a long stretch. 17 starts, an ERA just a touch over three, three one two. Just 15 walks in that stretch, and he's been really good against the A's this year. In three starts, a 1.74 ERA. Last time out against Oakland, just the 15th, a couple weeks ago, he went eight strong, only two hits allowed, no runs, one walk, six strikeouts. The Mariners will love to see that again. It won't be easy. Mike Fires will get the ball for the A's, and he's really pitched well for Oakland since coming over in that trade with Detroit. With the A's, 3-0, a 1-5-0 ERA in four starts, 28 strikeouts and three walks. Walks per nine innings, both Fires and Leak in the top ten. And Fires has been going at it a little differently, but with the A's, his curveball has been dynamite. His changeup has been really good as well. He's been working in the top of the zone. Been somewhat of a different guy with the Oakland A's as compared to with Detroit. But overall, having a fine season, but especially with the A's. So this one will not be easy for the Mariners in Game 2. But they would love to get Game 2 of this series. They try and take another game back from Oakland in this race. Next time we talk, it will be September. The sprint will be here. It is amazing. So this huge series continues tonight in Oakland. So we'll see where the Mariners are when we talk next coming up on Monday. So we have a lot to get to in this podcast. Shannon Dreyer, a chance to sit down with Mike Zanino. Also, Lydia Cruz put together a very, very good piece about Edwin Diaz and growing up in Puerto Rico, dealing with the devastating hurricane that hit Puerto Rico. The aftermath is really 
really insightful and really well done. So that uh, will come up in just a minute as well. So hopefully you have a great weekend. Hopefully the Mariners have a great weekend, and we'll talk again on Monday. Shannon Dreyer here out on the field in Oakland catching up with Mike Zanino. And, Mike, I mean, this place, it's so funny. It's such a different look. When you come in here, you're walking across the field. The cages are all the way across the field. You've got a great dog, a great grounds dog here. Tiniest little locker room and all the baseball. But I'm going to imagine you guys have been coming here so often, it almost feels comfortable. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's something you know uh know what to expect when you come here uh but with all those oddities in there you mean it's it's a great place to play you mean great surface uh you mean great fans and and they have a great ball club over here so you always know you're in for a good game and big games coming up over the next four games where would you say the team is right now mentally? I know kind of a tough series in San Diego, but you've seen what this team can do. Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought we've played and, and had some decent at-bats as of late. You know, it's one of those things we're waiting for this thing to bust open. And uh, if there's a time to do that, it'd be now. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, even this four-game stretch of days. And I see you came up with a bunch of hits in that last series. A bunch of singles. We were seeing what you're doing right now. What's working for you at the plate? Yeah, for me, it's just my timing my direction. You know, it's been one of those things where it's, it's one of those years where we're just trying to get the body healthy and in sync and, and it's taking a lot longer than I've, I would like but uh, you know just trying to get it and uh, you mean would rather have it come late than never and uh, hopefully can can get it going down the stretch here. And what do you feel is coming right now? Uh, just my timing. Uh, my timing at the plate my direction has been much better the last uh, for th- this road trip in particular and uh, you know I've been able to walk more been able to drive some balls and, and that's my biggest thing and, and once I can get to that point and be able there to stay there consistently I'll be in a good spot. What do you rely on to see where you are with all of that? Uh, you know, my, my cage work's been big, but just my timing, how I'm recognizing pitches, uh, can say a lot to, to where I'm at. And uh, as of late, it's been better, and uh, you know, I can only continue to build on that. We have LeBlanc on the hill, coming off a strong outing, and just such an interesting one to watch. I mean, he's yeah. kind of in no man's land right now for innings. He's been a reliever, but you go out there, he's not throwing too hard. He seems like he can keep going yeah it's one of those i mean he knows himself and uh you know he, he sort of knows how to gauge his uh effort level you know it's one of those where he's he's been really good and, and uh, efficient in his pitching so you I mean hopefully that can be able to allow him to get deeper into ball games with with a lower pitch count and, and hopefully it's not too taxing on him what have you learned from him uh, my biggest thing, I mean, with him, obviously I was able to catch him a few years ago, but just his knowledge of himself. I mean, he knows what he wants to do. Uh, you know, it's sort of where you want to see every pitcher get to, where they know their abilities. They don't try to do much more, much less. And, uh, you know, he knows who he is and what he has to do to get guys out, and he sticks to that. You've had guys, Wade is one, Marco is another, that have been able to use just the entire plate, up, down, in, out. And you've had a lot more information in that regard, too, it would appear, that that's been a focus for you guys. Velocity's great, but if you can move that ball around what has that meant for you in preparation for these games yeah i think it just sort of allows us to you mean use our strengths to attack those hitters weaknesses you know we're, we're not we're not fighting fire with fire we can uh even be able to manipulate the ball around the strike zone to uh possible holes that the hitter may have and uh you know those guys have been receptive into that and uh when you have guys that can pitch a little uh, a little bit more alike like Marco and Wade they really learn a lot from each other and uh, you know with the right side with Leaker and how he pitches these guys have really fed off each other and really have learned how to 
how to pitch guys in different ways. Okay, most important question here, fantasy football draft last night. How'd you do? Uh, I'm liking my team. You know, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see uh, We'll see how it uh, – <laughs> I don't even know if Guillermo knows anything about he that, does but not. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how it pans out. So it'll be uh, it'll be a fun few weeks while we're still at the yard, and uh, you mean seeing how that goes. There'll be a lot of trash talking going on throughout it. And is that something you're able to keep going in the off season? You guys talk with each other. Okay? Yeah, you mean we usually put a group text together, and uh, you mean there'll be some quiet times. I mean people take vacations, people do stuff like that, but uh, we we try to keep it going and uh, you know keep everybody involved. All right, well, best wishes with that, and I think uh, last year's champion was Seager with the help of Jim. Uh, let's put it this way. Last year's champion was Jimmy, uh, you know, and then we could say Seeger was the owner of that team. But uh, Jimmy did the, the brunt of the work. All right. Not the brains of the organization then. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, thank you. For 24-year-old Edwin Diaz, the Mariners' flame-throwing closer, things have come full circle on the diamond, the softball diamond of all places. As a smiling 7-year-old, Diaz began playing baseball in the small, tight-knit, and in his own words, humble town of Naguapo, Puerto Rico a city on the east coast of the island, also known as the Pueblo de Loenchumbayos, the town of the soaked ones. While it was his parents who took him to the ball fields every day, his father, who convinced a once reticent 15-year-old Diaz to switch from playing outfield to pitching, it was the local community that embraced Diaz's passion for the sport with as much fervor as any blood relation. Yeah, in my town, yeah, everybody knows everybody, you know. You know, I just try to go there and try to have fun with them because they support me a lot. So every time when the season's over, I go right away to Puerto Rico, try to see them over there. And despite their financial limitations, it was this extended family of sorts that supported Diaz's dream of getting to the major leagues at every turn. In his youth, Diaz's mother and father organized several softball tournaments to provide financial support for his burgeoning baseball career. And the community showed up in droves every time. My mom make a lot of tournaments, softball tournaments. So the people make teams and go there and play and support, you know, buy everything and try to go there and give me, you know, give me the help to, to, to do everything. Your mom did that? Your mom organized it? Yeah, my mom organized it, yeah. Did she just have that idea or? Yeah, she and my father got the idea, you know, they got a lot of friends to play softball, got a lot of softball teams. So. You know, they they say, hey, next Saturday we got a softball tournament, you know, and the people go there and support me a lot. Even when his neighbors had very little to offer, they supported Diaz, one of the many reasons Naguabo is never far from his thoughts. On September 6, 2017, the southern eyewall of Hurricane Irma, at the time a sustained Category 5 hurricane, passed just north of Puerto Rico and the bustling city of San Juan. The island experienced heavy rainfall and tropical storm force winds, causing structural damage as well as widespread power outages. Less than two weeks later, on September 20th, with parts of Puerto Rico still recovering in Irma's wake, Hurricane Maria made a direct hit on the island. Winds up to 155 miles per hour were reported in Vieques and the eastern half of Puerto Rico. Maria cut through the island, knocking out power, transportation, and communication resources. In a recent report published by the Puerto Rican government, Authorities admitted the number of resultant deaths is likely 1,427, nearly 20 times the official death toll. The damage to the island was physically, financially, and emotionally devastating. 100% of residents lost power. 100% of PRASA customers, Puerto Rico Aqueducts and Sewers Authority, lost access to clean drinking water. And 95% of cellular sites were out of service on the island, meaning contact with the outside world 
was at a standstill. Edwin Diaz was in the final days of the MLB season when Hurricane Maria tore through his home country. And as you might guess, his first thought, his first concern was for his family, immediate and extended. Take me like a week. Yeah, most tough. I just tried to call every time, call, call, and no, no electricity, no, no connection, nothing. You know, so what's tough? They and they they drive like 30 minutes from my hometown to to try to call me. You know, I, I lost the communication with them. You know, and then we, they call, they start calling me. I, I stay relaxed, but first couple of days was tough for me because I didn't know anything about them. Because of the communication blackout, Diaz could not contact his family for a week. Seven painful days of waiting to hear those closest to him were safe. During that time, Diaz focused on controlling what he could, his performance on the mound and his contributions as a teammate. He did his best to leave his concerns dormant the moment he stepped on the field. When I'm in the game, I don't try to think about, you know, my problems. I just have try to go have fun in the game. But after that, you know, I, I'm worried because I didn't know about them, nothing, you know. I want to see if they are good, they told me they're good. So, you know, what's tough, but, you know, I, I didn't bring anything to the field. Mariners pitching coach Mel Stottlemyre Jr. saw how hard the news hit a then 23-year-old Diaz. Eddie's always been a kid that's been able to, for a young kid, be able to handle a lot of emotions and the ups and downs in the games. You could definitely see something was bothering him. You know, and that's the caring person that he is. And, you know, family's so important. So he was concerned, and uh, right, rightfully so. And it's, it's easier said than done, but I always felt like when he went out in the game, he was able to, to separate it for the time being. And then when he got back off, you know, he had to tend to, to the problems back there. And they were, they were real problems. And still... Diaz remained team first. According to his coach, well, that's just Eddie being Eddie. Eddie's a great teammate. You know, he, he, he comes to the game. He comes to the ballpark. He's the same guy every day. And he's this laughing, happy-go-lucky, caring, you know, charismatic, in, in a sense, uh, person. And he truly has fun at, at what he does. And he's good at it, too. But, you know, he's not It's easy to be able to, to ride that, that roller coaster to the top, which is where he's at, and to quit working and to quit having fun and quit to quit being yourself, and he's never done that. And he's great for our other guys, too. You know, although he does it different, he brings that energy and that love for, for people in the game, and it's, uh, it's infectious. After a week of waiting for phone calls that never materialized, Diaz finally received the only one that mattered. Yeah, I was happy, you know. I thought I asked him, "Hey, you need anything? You good?" They told me, hey, I'm, "We are good, but we don't have any electricity. We don't have uh, internet. We don't have anything." So, well, stay, stay calm. We are good. So, let me know when you come into Puerto Rico. Neither he nor his family would have to wait long for that first visit. I go after the next game, the season over. I, that night, I fly out Puerto Rico. You know, I was worried about because a lot of flight was canceled. So, but I did. I can make the trip and stay there all the season with them. Seeing his family again eased the pain and worry of many restless nights prior. But witnessing the destruction to his hometown, the same community that embraced him on the ball field and beyond, well, that was nothing short of heartbreaking. It was tough, pretty much, because when I get there, see a lot of destruction. So it was tough, you know. And we start working together, try to rebuild a couple of things. You know, and after that, the, the electricity came up and everything now is good. Diaz jumped full force into the relief efforts last offseason, a time when many of his peers were working out in state-of-the-art facilities with all the amenities one could dream of. Diaz instead felt the pull to return home and aid in the recovery, like many of his WBC teammates. 
When the National Guard made deliveries of much-needed drinking water, Diaz was right alongside, going door-to-door to offer support along with the supplies. For the second year in a row, Diaz hosted a charity softball tournament in Naguabo, the same town that once packed the diamond to support Diaz, was now the recipient of similar kindness. Diaz and gold glove catcher Martin Maldonado faced off in a battle of Team Sugar versus Team Machete. Yadier Molina, Javier Baez, and Diaz's teammate Robinson Cano were all in attendance. It wasn't the first time Robbie flew to Puerto Rico to join charitable forces with Diaz, but it didn't make the appearance any less meaningful. Yeah, Re- Robbie, I, I'm, I have making two years in a row, and he came oh, wow. both. Yeah, and for me, that's that's great because you know they are now doing something good, and you know they support me. I feel, I feel, I feel good. This offseason, Eddie has big plans for his charity softball game, and the list of Mariners in attendance, well, it could be getting even longer. A lot of my teammates want to come this year. Digor, like Digor, a couple of friends, a couple of guys told me, hey, if you will, will do it, let me know I will go with you and play with you. While the goal of rebuilding the baseball field he stormed as a kid is still on the horizon, these days, Diaz is focused on the immediate task at hand. The remaining games of the 2018 season ever dwindling, and the Mariners are calling for their first playoff appearance in 17 years. From the softball diamond to the baseball mound, from the Guabo to Seattle, and 4,000 miles in between, Edwin Diaz remains the same teammate, the same community-driven person he's always been, all the while, quietly and humbly, making history. When I go to the mound, I think I, I play for Seattle, I play for my family. I play, I play for my fans in Puerto Rico and my fans here, so I just try to do the best in the mound, you know. If I didn't do the best, you know, tomorrow is a new day and try to do my best, but, you know, I try to do everything good to make the people feel good. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 